Hello, you're listening to Work From Home, a Lower Street podcast where we help you stay connected, productive and sane whilst working remotely. Today, we're looking at how to run a remote staff meeting, some must-have tools and how to manage your team's mental health. First up is an article on Coda.io by Wade Foster, who's the CEO of Zapier. And he's talking about how he runs the remote staff meetings for Zapier. And they're a 100% distributed team, and they have been for some time now. So they have some pretty interesting techniques. And I'm mentioning this article for two specific points in it. The first is a pre-meeting health check. And this is really interesting. This is the idea that before the meeting, everyone is sent this document and they're allowed to answer some questions and they then send it back so that when the meeting begins, there is already a collection of the most obvious challenges that everyone is facing at the moment. And he says this is really important because when you're communicating over Slack or over video calls, you can miss some of the more subtle parts of body language or tone or intonation and you might not actually get a good feel for how comfortable people are when they're discussing certain topics or tasks. And he also says that this pre-meeting health check has the added bonus of making everyone reflect before the meeting starts so people have already started to think about the topics that they're going to be covering. The second interesting point from this article is the idea that they use crowdsourced agendas. What they do after they've gotten together and they've updated each other on what they're doing and what blockers they have, they then go through and discuss points that have been voted on by everybody in the team so that the meeting consists of the things that the people in general want to talk about the most, which I think is really interesting. Do check this article out. I think it's really valuable to hear from the head of a company that's been distributed for some time now, who's obviously ahead of the curve on this sort of thing. Next up is a good old list of resources from Pluralsight.com. And it's always interesting to have a look at these and figure out what other people consider to be essential tools, because sometimes they are either things that you haven't heard before or things that you wouldn't consider to be essential. It's always interesting to get another point of view. A couple of interesting resources that popped up on this were... First of all, a tool called Rescue Time, and this is an application that monitors your activity on your computer, and it tells you how much time you spend using certain applications or doing certain tasks, so that at the end, you can have a look and figure out how much time exactly it is that you spend each day doing specific things. And I think this is a really interesting piece of software, because I know that I probably don't spend exactly the amount of time that I think I do on certain tasks, and it may actually be useful to have something impartial and very accurate like this to show me exactly how much time it is that I spend on things. Another interesting tool on this list is Tumighty, which is an app that runs on the Pomodoro technique, which is this idea of 25 minutes of work and then a five minute break in between. I like to just go, and because of the nature of my work, which involves a lot of editing, I quite enjoy getting into a zone and staying there for maybe an hour or so. But I think for other things, like creative tasks or admin or things like that, I think this Pomodoro technique might actually be quite useful. This idea of 25 minutes of getting after it and then a five minute 
break. And then a third interesting tool that's on this list is Synergy. And this is an application that allows you to basically swap your mouse and keyboard between different computers. For example, I record this podcast on a laptop, but I actually do the majority of my work on a desktop PC. So with this, I'd be able to plug my mouse and my keyboard into my desktop PC, but be able to use my laptop as though it were an additional monitor or an additional screen. And that's quite an interesting idea. So again, I think something else to look at. And finally, we have a substantial article from Holloway.com, which is about morale, mental health and burnout in remote teams. And I think this is a really important topic because not only is the temptation to work all the time and to have your work life dissolve into your personal life, not only is that there when you're working from home, it's also harder to identify when you and members of your team are getting closer to burnout or are being negatively affected by the amount of work they're doing because one, you're not there in person and two, we're all getting used to a slightly different way or working from home entirely for the first time. And sometimes these signposts might not be that obvious to us as to whether we're over-egging it or not at work. So three interesting points from this article. The first one is this idea of leaders modeling. That is, they talk about their own activities that they do to support their own mental health. And this idea of the leader talking about their own activities that support their mental health is something that my boss, Harry, has been doing. And we discussed this in episode nine, where he talked about his experience using a therapist. And I think it's really important for bosses and even colleagues to talk about what they do to look after themselves mentally so that we don't feel as though we're alone in this strange cat and mouse game of balancing work and home life when work is home life, especially at the moment. Another valuable part of this article is a table where they have burnout risk factors and burnout countermeasures. And it's pretty wordy, so I won't go into in detail at the moment, but basically it lays out several burnout risk factors. They include operational workload, control, reward, community, fairness, and a mismatch of values as all things that could lead towards burnout. And they also give some quick wins that you can use to combat that. And also, they talk about taking a minimum amount of vacation days. And I think this is a really good idea because, as I mentioned before, the temptation to just always be working is always there. And sometimes having required time that you need to take off to just down tools, and even if you are in exactly the same space in lockdown, you can't really go anywhere, but just to mentally be separated from work, if not physically separated, is really, really valuable. So we will have a link to this Holloway article and everything else we've talked about in the show notes. I think this is a really interesting resource, so do check it out. That's it for today's episode. Do you have stories about working from home that you'd like to share with us? Tips you'd like to hear or topics you'd like us to cover? Email us wfh at lowerstreet.co. That's wfh at lowerstreet.co. Remember to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. And join us for new content every week day. Hold up. 